everyone. Welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here, as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? Hi, Adam. Eh. Eh. Okay. Yeah. Eh. Eh. Okay. A lot of things happened in the last couple of days. Some fantastic, some downright heartbreaking. Some sad, some fantastic, some glad, some glorious. Just been a very, uh, very up and down, left, right, sideways, uh, last couple of days. I do, I do have to say, but we're thriving. We're, we're, we're thriving regardless. How about you? Uh, yeah, heartbreaking is an understatement. I would say. Yep. Yep. And we are not talking about it on here because we'll be doing a full Rangers podcast uh, on the season, so we are not talking about any of it on here. But I want to. So bad. I want to too, but guess what? If we talk about it now, um, we are not getting off in an hour, which fair. I have to be fair, 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 fair. Um, but but I will say, I'll keep, I will keep these things very brief, very quickly. They are none of the New York Rangers. So n- number one, uh, the new season of Peaky Blinders is out. I watched it all on Saturday. Holy good fuck, is it brilliant? Awesome stuff. I will not be sharing any spoilers. Just to put that. You know what we haven't talked about since what? it since it started? Oh, oh, well, we're not talking about all we want until it's done. Okay, I figured. Yeah, yeah, no, we're not talking about all we want until it's done. Until it's done, please. Oh, but it's been so good. It has been fantastic. It's been great stuff. It really has been great stuff. We we could talk about we could we literally we could do a fantasy show one day where we just do like a mock. We we could do like yeah, you know what? The last episode of obi-wan when it comes out the episode after will be a mock draft we'll do the mock draft and then afterwards we could spend 30 40 minutes talking about the entire obi-wan series on this show i like it it'll be a longer fantasy show but it'll be for the fantasy people where they can hear their mock and then if they want to turn it off they could turn it off and you know that's it and for the people who want to hear us bullshit about Star Wars and Obi-Wan, then, uh, then they can listen to it. Oh, it's so, so fantastic. I love everything about it. It truly is. And, and, and Peaky Blinders was fantastic. It was really, really, really good. And uh, over the weekend, I don't, I, I don't know if anybody has heard about this, but maybe, maybe you have, Adam. I don't, I don't know because you are, you are the video game guy. So I, maybe you've heard about this. I don't know. Well, the uh, Xbox Bethesda showcase is over the weekend, so I probably know what you're talking about. I don't even know if that was a thing. So, sure. Oh. I, no, well, Xbox and Bethesda, two game companies, you know, Xbox actually I've never heard of Bethesda out. in my life. They made Fallout. Yeah, have you ever heard of Fallout? Nope. Skyrim? Nope. Doom? Nope. Oh. Wolfenstein? That- I'm sorry? Wolfenstein? Wolfenstein? Wolf. I, it's it's about fighting Nazis, but that's besides the point. Oh, okay. <gasps> speaking speaking of Nazis. Oh, we're not doing we're not doing this right now. No, 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 no. Guess what I watched over the weekend? You I knew there was something else that I wanted to tell you. Oh, did you watch Inglorious Bastards? No. Oh. I watched my third favorite movie of all time. It's not it's not Inglorious Bastards. It's a fantastic movie. It's not a Glorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards is in my top ten. Great film, but not my top ten. Schindler's List. Oh, Schindler's List. 
No! Schindler's oh. List. Schindler's List is fantastic, but top three? Oh, God, no. Come on, I'm culture. can't think of too many movies about Nazis. Adam. Black and white classic. Are we still... <laughs> that sounds like you're describing Schindler's List. Okay. Oh, uh, what the fuck? What is it? Is it... Oh. I thought that was your favorite movie of all time. Uh, it's not about Nazis. What? Never mind. I'm not even bringing it up. What, what movie? What movie is it? Casablanca. That movie's about Nazis. It has a it has a Nazi theme in it. Yes. Oh, it, I was going to say it's set in it's set in World War II Morocco after Paris is invaded by the Nazis and in Nazi Germany. That was a weird transition. That was a weird segue. You, you, I mean, you mentioned. You mentioned a World War II theme and it reminded me of Casablanca. I mean, what was it? Raiders of the Lost Ark? Was that the one with the, or is that the Temple of Doom? Indiana Jones. I think it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. That's a good movie. Big fan. It's a great film. Love, love that movie. Yeah. Castle, Casablanca, I have to say, I cried again. Again, I, listen, listen, I, 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 I am a baby. I'm a baby when it comes to just really fucking good films. Casablanca, top three. And and if I have time, if I have time Monday night, I will be watching my favorite movie of all time tonight. Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I do love Revenge of the Sith, but no, 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 no. I think I remember. Was it the, it's the Godfather? The, was it the Godfather? Number two. Oh, okay. part two. Yeah, part two is great. Godfather Part Two is number two. I haven't mentioned number one. Oh, the greatest, the single-handed greatest movie of all time. The movie that's changed oh. my life. When you said greatest movie of all time, I was like Citizen Kane. <laughs> but I don't. You, I'm sure you said this before. I, I totally talk about it every once, once a month. Once a month. Did they make a movie about Mercury going in retrograde? I mean, well, well, <laughs> if they did, it would climb the ladder, let me tell you. Your favorite movie of all time. Oh, my God. Oh, this is so sad. See, this is what happened. This actually happened last time. Oh, and this is so upsetting. You're going to tell me and I'm going to forget it again. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, probably. Until you watch it and you cement it in your pea-sized brain. Have I seen it? Probably. Is it like I an obscure movie? No. Is it an obscure movie? Oh, no. oh. I know this movie. I for- I can't believe I almost forgot. It's um, Gone with the Wind. I'm leaving the Zoom call. Goodbye. Oh my god, you were so convinced. You were so convinced you had it. I was. I thought you did isn't that up there for you? Gone with the is, is, in you... My top, is in my top five, yes. Okay. I did watch that over the weekend too. Maybe yeah, really this was it. this was Saturday night. Saturday night I was I was in my bag pretty heavy. And I decided to just go like all black and white. It was fantastic. Casablanca and then gone with the wind. It was awesome. You should have watched Psycho. That's another great black and white. Oh, movie. Psycho's great. I watched it like two weeks ago. Come right. on, Adam. 
Can I give can I give you an actor who's in it? Like, sure. Please, I'm begging. Sure. Morgan Freeman. Oh, why am I so stupid? You're an idiot. I am an idiot. It's a Shawshank Redemption, obviously. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cinematic fucking masterpiece. Might we watch that tonight? But we got here because I was talking about uh, video games. And I don't know if you saw it. I actually downloaded it yesterday. I've been playing it. I was playing it last night. I was playing it a little bit before we, uh, before we came on here. Um, have you heard about the flight simulator that's on Xbox? Of course. I know exactly what you're talking about. You can fly a Pelican from Halo in flight simulator. Yep. It's so cool. It's pretty sick. I am shocking at flying. I am fucking shocking. I played Flight Simulator when I was a kid with my grandpa, and I was pretty bad also. Mm. like It's tough. It's really tough. And my grandpa, he was super into this sort of thing. He had an actual throttle and everything, like a joystick. For Uh, It's called called a yoke. A yoke? Yes, I I learned that from the simulator. I'm in the middle of training right now. He he had his own he had his own yoke, yes. And he's used hardcore like that. And honestly, I mean that's really that's the that's best commitment. way to play. That's commitment to the cause. Yeah, and but the graphics the graphics on this thing are sick, and you can download it for uh, Xbox One Ultimate yeah, Ultimate and- Game Pass Ultimate Game Pass right now. Um, this is free advertising for Microsoft. <laughs> so Microsoft, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, Ultimate Game Pass right now, three months for a dollar, and then. It's $14.99, like a month. Just play it for three months for a dollar. And if you really like it, then you buy in for the 15 bucks a month. If you don't like it, then you cancel the fucking subscription. And that's that. I paid a dollar and eight cents uh, yesterday. Honestly, I really do like, I like Game Pass a lot. Like I got, I got gifted six months of it for free over the holidays, just randomly by Xbox, by Microsoft themselves. Actually, mm-hmm. I would think it was in like yeah, a random drawing. Uh huh. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, MLB The Show is on it. So I've yep. been playing a lot of that. I think um, FIFA's on it now, too. Yeah. But uh, I, I already own FIFA. But, like, Game Pass is cool. I mean, this is going to be a welcome to this episode of uh, The Game Box with Adam Caster and Ed Birdsall. But Literally. <laughs> this is what this feels like. <laughs> but Are you uh, looking for a new co-host, is- by chance? <laughs> no, Nick, Nick, your job is safe. I promise. You're much better at it than I am. Um, but what I was saying is like Game Pass has really given me an opportunity to try a lot of new stuff that I wouldn't fork out the money for otherwise. And that's what's cool about it. Where yep. like games where I'm like, ah, I don't know, it's like 15 bucks or 20 bucks or 30. I'm like, ah, maybe, maybe not. But well, now you could just download it and you're good to go. And it's all through the cloud too. So it's not like you have to take up space on your Xbox to to like download it and say you have the game. It's just all through the cloud. It's like with Flight Simulator, it I literally just spent my dollar eight cents yesterday and I hopped right in and I was taking a flight and the graphics on this game are sick. Well they're very realistic. You know they oh have, my god it's scary. Like realistic looking airports, realistic looking liveries that you can download where you can make your planes look like actual planes that exist. Yes design wise I, 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 I did I did crash a plane into my neighborhood because I was trying to see like what my house would look like on the game just for fun. I just lost control of it and just spun out and just nosedived into like a tree. 
but yeah, I'm very, I, and you know, what's crazy too, is I'm better with, I'm better with like the following 747s than I am with like the little dinghies. Yeah. I know dinghies are boats, but that's the way I'm describing a plane. So everybody's saying, but it's a boat, it's a boat. Go fuck yourselves. It is a boat. I grew up next to the, yeah, I grew up in a very nautical town. I know, I know about boats. Oh, yes, I'm aware. I'm aware. I was in your neck of the woods uh, a couple weeks ago. Yes, Port Washington, right by the Long Island Sound. And I did not let you know, and I feel like a fucking idiot that I didn't. It's not like I was there anyway. It's true. It's true. But enough of that. Once again, our tangents just cease to amaze, or never cease to amaze. Well, we went went from talking about the Rangers to uh, talking about the Nazis and Casablanca. To Shawshank to Flight Simulator. Yep. It's not like Hot Tub Time Machine, Godfather, but it's pretty close. We're, we're, we're you know, we're just adding it's to up that there. list. I think it's up there. It, it, in terms of, in terms of subjects that get, you know, blended together, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah. But the main topic of the show is uh, bounce back end. And we always look for bounce back candidates. And the great thing about these is that they're really, aside from like late round sleeper picks, they're the keys to winning your fantasy league because you're getting these guys at a value compared to what they would be if they're coming off a normal or better season than they were last year. And yes, Bert. I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Adam. I, I just want to preface this by saying there are so many guys that, Excuse me. Oh, my God. That was just water that just decided to just be coughed up. I apologize. Um, this is more about guys that are in the bulk of your drafts. But then also, like, I do have one guy that I have ranked in my top 30 that I wanted to just put out here. Because to me, the player that I have written down as a candidate to fall in drafts, and I just want I wanted to put him in there just because I wanted to make sure that he's talked about and I want to make sure that he gets like the recognition of don't worry. You know, if you want to draft him, you can because I think there is serious, serious bounce back potential in there, but it's for me, it's one guy in my top 30, one guy in my top 60, uh, another guy in my top 110, and then another guy in my top 160. So I kind of, I kind of spread it out a little bit in terms of yeah. guys to potentially uh, potentially go on target. And I will say, because Adam and I did talk about this as well before we came on, uh, the quarterbacks were very hard to break down because I wanted to do bounce backs that were bounce backs based off of pure statistics and not because of injuries where guys missed four games or more. So if a guy missed three, three weeks because of injury, then fair game. But four weeks or more, then I'm kind of sitting there and saying to myself, all right, you know, injury happened, get, gets kind of a pass. A great example is your boy, James Winston. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, he would have been in here. Um, well, I wouldn't have put him in here anyway because, you know. We've already talked about him at nauseum. At nauseum. Yeah. So, but yes. Yes. All right. So, Moving on to the quarterback position, I'll go first. Why not? So this is somebody that is going to bounce back by the sheer will of his supporting cast. 
And that is Tua Tagovailoa. That was one of the guys that I was considering <laughs> putting down. I mean, if he can't, if he doesn't have it this season, then he might not have it at this point. And, you know, he had a pretty pedestrian season last year. Um, he played in 13 games just on the border of your criteria of missing four games or more. So he missed, he missed just four even, but he threw for just over 2,500 yards, just over 2,600, really 2,653 yards, 16 touchdowns and 10 picks. Um, so the touchdowns were up from his rookie year in 2020, but the interceptions were also up and his confidence was pretty low. Like it looked, last year at points where he didn't have uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in and save his butt. And um, I think that with his supporting cast, with Jalen Waddell returning, they traded for Tyreek Hill, um, the new coaching staff there in Miami. I mean, listen, they're a rival team and I want them to do well, but I think that they have the, the pieces are there for Tua to kind of take that leap in year three. It's a make-or-break year for Tua. It's pretty simple. I mean, they have to make a decision on his option next year, and if he can't get it done and he can't have the Dolphins be somewhat competitive, then it's very fair to say that Tua might be on the outs in Miami. I have Tua at 131st overall in my ranks, so he's going basically as like a 14th-round pick right now. So, Pretty obtainable at a at a reasonable enough cost. And I actually did make a pretty big move today in, in my ranks, if you are curious. Um, I did move Trey Lance into my top 110 overall players. Interesting. Yes. Because I'm so getting are... I'm getting the sense that he is going to start. Yeah. So you're getting the the feeling that, yeah, the Jimmy G is just done. Um, I'm getting the feeling that sooner rather than later, Trey Lance is going to be a guy maybe in a month that we're talking about as being drafted as a top 10, if not top eight quarterback. So I'm preparing myself yeah. for it. I don't know if I saw this. It was last week or the week before, but Lewis Riddick actually predicted Trey Lance as like a dark horse MVP candidate Ooh, I wouldn't go that on far. sports center. I wouldn't go that far, which is kind of crazy. That's crazy. No, that that's, that's crazy. But uh, right now, Trey Lance is my, if I could do some quick counting, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Trey Lance is my QB 14 right now. That's not bad. Yep. And your boy and your boy Derek Carr is my QB 15. With your other boy Tua Tagovailoa as my uh Listen, he's QB, not my boy. My QB 16 at 131. I I don't like No, he's not my boy. That's your boy, of course. I of course. I, I just now fuck the fuck the Dolphins. I know you're a closeted Dolphins fan. It's okay. No. It's okay. It happens. No. No, it does not happen. It happens, and I listen. I know you're a big fan of Nick Saban too. 
Oh, yeah. He's my favorite coach. <laughs> favorite coach. No, your second favorite coach behind Bill Belichick, of course. But if I was a quote-unquote Dolphins fan, I would not be a quote-unquote Nick Saban fan because Dolphins fans hate Nick Saban. That's true. That's true. That's true. Because so of what he did be, to that team. You can't be You can't be both. All right, so you're definitely a Dolphins fan. You're not a Nick Saban fan. Mm, I'm not going to pull a reverse Jason Taylor here and go from being a Jets fan to a Dolphins fan. Fair, fair, very, very fair. No, I listen, I like the Tua call. I like the Tua call. Um, if I could pull up his projections on I also the... like left-handed quarterbacks, so I'm a big fan of Tua in that regard. So I have Tua down for just under 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, and three rushing touchdowns. If I, I have him basically as like a top 15 quarterback if my – um, mental math is right. Uh, he'll he'll project. Actually, you know what? Let me just see where he. Aha! I mean, the turnovers Aha. might hurt him. If he if he throws sixteen picks, that could really tank his rankings. So, in terms of, in terms of overall overall projections, when putting all the numbers together, two attack by low comes in as my QB sixteen. So he's just outside my top fifteen. I don't know if QB sixteen will, will be enough for two attack by low to you know, have, retain any sort of confidence that the Dolphins may have in him. Who's 15, if you don't mind me asking? Derek Carr. Oh, look at that. Derek Carr. You don't have him as a top 10 quarterback? <laughs> oh, I mean, listen, listen, I, again, I'm, this is, you know, going back to last week. I'm it's kidding. Not that, it's not that I'm not a fan of Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr a lot. And, I will probably be drafting him a whole lot, but I sure as shit won't be drafting him with the expectation that he's going to win me anything. And may I also say that I think I'm really looking to draft Derek Carr because I know I'm going to have a fuck ton of shares of Devontae Adams, and I want that Carr Adams stack more than anything in the world. Yeah, they're boys. There are several guarantees in life, Adam. Death, taxes, and a Devontae Adams stack winning you championships. Trust me. Here with Aaron Rodgers. You slept better at night. I thought you just said you're drafting Derek Carr without the expectation he's going to win you anything. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to win me anything. He's not going to win me anything, but I want the stack. Well, not by himself, anyway. In good matchups where I know where I know is the potential to score, fuck yeah. I want that fucking stack. Hell yeah. Basically every – the six games he plays against the AFC West. Yeah, and guess what? <laughs> if, if I'm wrong and Derek Carr turns out to be the second coming of Joe Montana – then guess what? I want to have a piece of that. And, and then maybe I'll feel confident they can win me something. And then the Carl Adams stack will be in my lineup, and it'll be like Montana Rice 2.0. Oh, you'll love to see it. I know it'll bring a bright smile to your face. Yep. Well, listen, this is like, like, I know, Rangers podcast later, but this is like having the Mika Zibanejad, Chris Crowder stack in Fancy Hockey, if that's the thing. Both. Yeah, I love because them both because they're they're work husbands. They're beautiful, beautiful boys, beautiful boys, great people. Yeah. Um, uh, sleeper, sleeper time for uh, bounce back. What the fuck we're doing here? Um, yeah, what is your bounce back? Who is your bounce back? Uh, Matt Ryan. Ooh, Matt Ryan of the Indianapolis Colts, one hundred fifty third in 
my ranks haven't projected for 3,800 yards, 29 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. It comes down really to the fact that he's just going from a better situation, a worse situation, excuse me, in Atlanta to a better situation in Indianapolis. Because you look at what he had in terms of who he was throwing the ball to a year ago. Uh, Calvin Ridley was dreadful when he was there, and then he wasn't. Kyle Pitts was a rookie. He was pretty much, you know, taken out of games for the most part and did not have much of a part to play in the red zone. Only one touchdown from a year ago. The offensive line conceded the sixth most pressures per drop back in the NFL from a year ago. I think Matt Ryan, I think the number was around Matt Ryan on 40% of his dropbacks was faced with some sort of significant pressure, which is not good for a 37 year old quarterback that cannot move. He was sacked 40 times if you, in case you want to, which is still go. not as much as 2020 where he was sacked 41 and 2019 where he was sacked a whopping 48 times. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think too, and now you, you, you go from looking at Atlanta situation, how bad that is to now the, this Indianapolis situation is, is beautiful. You're the, probably the best offensive line in football with the Colts. You have Jonathan Taylor, who is going to make Matt Ryan's life a whole hell of a lot easier. You have Michael Pittman, who is, who is up and coming for sure. It's just going to be so nice to watch Matt Ryan be able to just pick and choose wherever he wants to go with the ball. Now, now there are expectations that are going to have to be lowered because you have to remember Matt Ryan is 37 years old. He's not 30. So you can't expect Matt Ryan, you know, to go out there and play like he did 10 years ago or seven years ago or five years ago. It's, it's going to be slower for him for sure. But if you're looking for a guy that I think could be steady and, and not to mention is in a division where he's going to be playing the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars twice. So that's four matchups against the Texans and the Jaguars. That's your guy. That's your guy. He should be a very reliable streamer uh, for those four matchups just by himself. And even, even I would say against Tennessee, because Tennessee is probably not a bad um, matchup to stream if you're in really dire straits. But Jacksonville and Houston, absolutely, I would say. That's, that's, that's green light to, to go ahead and stream. Absolutely. And green yeah, light on one. the Autobahn. Like, stream, 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 stream. What is, what's going on with this German theme today? I, I'm not answering that question. I, I don't know what the hell's going on here. What the hell's going on here? But... I can I can confirm Matt Ryan is 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 not German. He is in fact Irish. Um, but is with really? that being Matt Ryan, oh yeah, actually no. Well, there's the other Matt Ryan. He's Australian. Fair, fair. You mean uh, you mean one of the greatest goalkeepers in Premier League history, Matt Matty Ryan, formerly of yeah. Arsenal? Of course, he's not. He's not Matt Ryan. He's Matty Ryan. But that's still. He's fantastic. Love him. Love him. Welcome, welcome to the Arsenal, Marquinhos. Great guy. Great guy. Best Mar- best Marquinhos in world football. Yeah. Definitely not that other guy. In best signing of the day, if you ask me. Monday, June 13th. What signing are we going to remember the most? I would say it's Marquinhos, 19-year-old Brazilian sensation from Sao Paulo. Well, mainly because the signing of Rowan Hall was confirmed a couple, like a week or so ago. 
Oh, they just unveiled. They just unveiled them today. Yeah. But I think that today is early on. He's like, how can we celebrate this guy when he's not even the best player from his own country in the league? Like, give me a fucking break. What? Yeah. He's the second best Norwegian in the league. Which Arsenal player is the best Norwegian in the league? Martin Odegaard, of course. Okay. Hey, Adam, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Who's the captain for Norway? Who is it Martin Odegaard? Is it, is, it, is it him, Martin Odegaard? Yes, it is. It's a great guy. It's a great could it guy. Because, could it be because he's an older player and who has more experience? He's been captain since he was 20. He's well, 22. He's 22. The captain doesn't always have to be the best player on the team. Fernandinho was, is, was Man City's captain. Vincent Company was Man City's captain. They were not the best players on their respective teams when they were captain. Well, Martin Odegaard is the best player. the best player that Norway have. He's a great guy. Love him. What big clubs has Arling Holland played for? He played for Dortmund? Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> Martin Odegaard made his debut for Real Madrid when he was 16. <laughs> anyway. And, and you just signed Erling Holland for, what was it, $75 million? Ish. I mean, the numbers are a little are a little wonky because we don't know, because it's all undisclosed fees and things like that. But his release clause is like $63 million or something like that. We, we signed Odegaard from Real Madrid for $25 million. Whoever sanctioned that they should be arrested. I can tell you who sanctioned it, and he probably should be arrested, but for different reasons. Oh, Florentino, my guy, my guy, <laughs> I love him. My love, I love him. What a what a great, great, great guy. Uh, running backs. Yeah, well, I mean, I was going to say that Matt Ryan had it down here, where he didn't even throw for that for four thousand yards, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Yes, yeah, I think for, I because think you it, always think that. If I can remember correctly, I think the last time that Matt Ryan threw for less than 4,000 yards was, I think it was his third year in the league. Yeah, it was 2010. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, so crazy stuff. I mean, it was down in all facets, essentially, except for completion percentage, which was up two two points. Well, I mean, if you also look at the completion percentage, too. He basically has been over a 60% passer every year of his career, bar one in 2009. So, I mean, he just is as steady as they come. And he's been over 65 for the past four years. Yep. Yep. And even in 2017, he missed out on 65 by 0.3. Yeah. He's as steady as they come. He, he, he really is. And if he can, if he could get back to, you know, he had 20 touchdowns a year ago. If he can get you five more, five more touchdowns, be and increase the the yardage a little bit, maybe be 4,125 and 10. You have a very good streaming quarterback right there. And an outstanding quarterback in uh, two quarterback and super flex. And also like a great, I mean, intangible wise, he's a great leader for somebody that, you know, like a younger team, like the Colts are. Oh, I think he's going to do wonders for Michael Pittman. I really do. I really do. And I move Michael Pittman up today. I move Pittman to uh, 33. Not bad. 33. I'm a big fan. 
I'm a big, big, big fan. And I'm very close to moving him above uh, Jalen Waddle. I'm very, very, very close. I don't think I'm not there yet, but I'm close. Interesting. All right, running backs. Who is your running back bounce back? This is the guy that was in my top 30. Uh, it's David Montgomery of the of the Chicago Bears. And I know we talked about this with uh, Jake last week, that there is word out there, David Montgomery could be the next uh, Joe Mixon and have a Joe Mixon-like breakout kind of season. Uh, but if you really want to know the story with David Montgomery, he finished as the RB12 and RB6, I believe it was in fantasy points per game in each of the last two seasons. And you look at the state of this offense, you got Darno Mooney and you have Cole Komet. Like, that's it. So there's plenty of opportunity now for easy check down completions that'll go to David Montgomery, who, by the way, great for PPR, and by the way, has the easiest schedule for running backs in 2022. Correct. And also, I mean, the key factor that we talked about before last season is that the reason that David Montgomery performed so well at the end of 2020 in the back half of 2020 is because he had such an easy schedule. And that's really going to help him going into this year. I just want to look at the at the Bears schedule uh, very quickly. Because you are right. When you, when you mentioned that, you know, David Montgomery has good matchups, he normally takes care of them pretty comfortably. Um, so I just want, let's just look at the, at the matchups here. So he gets the 49ers. It's probably a dud. The Packers, probably a dud at Lambeau. Texans, good. Giants, good. Vikings, good. Commanders, meh. Pats, meh. Dallas, meh. Dolphins, eh. Lions, yes. Falcons, yes. Jets, eh. Maybe. Packers, no. Eagles, no. Bills, no. Bears, yes. Vikings, yes. You mean Lions? Lions, yes. I apologize. I apologize. So you're basically looking at half of his games where you're like, okay, those are matchups I think David Montgomery can 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 take care of. Let me just see where I have him in the in the projections. Let me get the spreadsheet up. Uh, I have Montgomery down for I have him down for exactly one thousand and one yards, and nine and, and nine touchdowns. Why one thousand and one? Is it just the math work out that way? It's just the way the math worked out. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, it's just the way the math worked out. <laughs> and a lot of them have decimals in them too, but. Uh, for the sake of easy consumption, I just round I round up a round down. Oh yeah, he's gonna rush for a thousand one. We, <laughs> I mean, geez, if he runs if he runs for a thousand and one yards, I, I will hand deliver New York pizza and bagels to you in Provo, Adam. Honestly, okay, done, done. <laughs> one thousand and one on the button. I'm very excited for David Montgomery to, to rush for like a thousand and two or something like that. Knowing my luck, you will see me week 17. If David Montgomery is playing at 1000 yards, not one more yard, you shithead. And then he hits and he hits the one yard, one more yard, David, one more. He hits one yard. Then they just take him out of the game. 
They're like, we know. Gets to, gets to 1,001. They take him out. They bench him. Fuck! <laughs> they go to Provo. Fuck! <laughs> it's very nice here. There's a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, but Adam, guess what? I'm poor. I'm poor. Okay. I understand. Also, the bagels and pizza probably wouldn't even taste that good. Hey, you put them in dry ice. On a plane? No, I would drive the UPS truck. Okay, fine. Whatever. I don't care how you get here. Me on, right. route, me on Route 66, just trying to get the Provo. Driving for three days. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a schlep. So I hear. Let me tell you. So I hear. <laughs> I've never done it, but I can imagine it's a schlep. I would imagine. I would imagine so. Yeah. Um, my, oh, I actually can't say this guy. Or can I? One second. You could say whoever you want. Eh, I don't know. It's a, it counts. Do I believe this is going to happen? Not really. Would I be surprised if this happens? Also, not really. Saquon Barkley. <laughs> I mean, it's injuries, yes. But also, he has a much better coaching staff this year with Brian Dable than he had with um, Joe, Joe Judge. Judge. I know, Joe Judge. I was thinking of and Pat Shermer. I almost said Jason Garrett. But, I mean, Jason Garrett applies also. Well, Jason Garrett was the OC. Yeah, before he got to apply. Yeah, before he got fired. And Freddie Kitchens. You could put Freddie Kitchens in there, too. Yes. Well, anyway, he had a better – he has a much better coaching staff here. And, you know, take this with a massive grain of salt. Because all training camp stories you should be taking with a massive grain of salt. But it looks like they're lining him up all over the field. Uh, the Giants are. And I don't know if that's just like kind of experimentation to get him up to speed as far as game, like game speed and catching passes out wide. But if they decide to use him as like a Swiss Army knife kind of guy, then uh, he could be in for a really good season, PPR wise. I, I listen. I don't mind the the, the shout with with Barkley. I I, I don't. Especially when you're talking about him, he's going to have to start, start thinking about his cash sooner rather than later. You have to expect something, I think, in, in, a, in a better, more modern, much more up-tempo, faster-paced, modern offense that Brian Dable will, will bring to the table, noted Ranger fan Brian Dable brings to, to the table. It's only going to help uh, Saquon Barkley. The only thing that's going to get in the way of Saquon Barkley, really, is Saquon Barkley. And also probably the New York Giants, because, I mean, let's just face it. And I'm speaking to Giants fans. I'm speaking to you, Adam. I'm speaking to the world when I say the New York Giants are not going to be a good football team. They're not. They're not. And, and that's okay. That's okay. They don't have to be a good football team because they're, they're in a transitional period. They have two, maybe three years where they can just kind of wing it and, you know, rebuild, retool, get Brian Dable, the guys that he wants, and – See where you go from there. Brian Dable has to see whether or not he wants Saquon Barkley. And I think Brian Dable is going to give Saquon Barkley every opportunity in the world to show Brian Dable, hey, 
you should have me in your plans, in your future plans when the Giants are on the come up to potentially be good. And the Giants are going to have, have a dilemma, a, a pretty serious one, because Saquon Barkley, as we all know. Well, they have two dilemmas, really, because one of them is Daniel Jones. Well, that's also. a whole nother problem. But uh, with the Saquon Barkley dilemma, I mean, you know, he had the 2018 season where he just completely burst on the scene. I think he had 15 touchdowns, total touchdowns in 2018, something along those lines. And it was solid in 2019. I think that was an eight or nine touchdown campaign there. And then the last two seasons only playing in 15 total games. That's just not good enough for some, for someone with the, with the talent of, of Saquon Barkley. He's got to be healthy. He's got to be better. All signs from the Giants are saying that he looks good. He looks healthy. And I think on a team where, you know, there's some motivation now and some new blood in the building, that's going to help Saquon Barkley be more motivated to play to play this year. So, yeah, I don't mind the shout, Adam, of, of, of Barkley. It's just a matter of is he going to stay healthy, and that will be a question for uh, for another day. I have Saquon Barkley right now as my uh, 37th overall player. So good, yeah. good enough to be had in round four. I mean, I, I think, think – Yeah, let, let me ask you before, before uh, you go. Actually, you know what? No, 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 you go. You go. I apologize. Okay. I think 2018 really is his ceiling. He had 2,000 all-purpose yards, rushing and receiving combined, and 15 total touchdowns, rushing and receiving combined. I mean, I don't know. I I don't see it happening again to that level. But I think that if he he could be very good, though. Now, as someone who is Mr. Conservative, and we've talked about this at nauseum. No, I'm not drafting him. So you, you wouldn't draft him at 37th overall. If he's there at the back end of round four, you would not draft him. Ooh, 37th overall? That's where I have him. That's actually not hmm, – I don't know. Who would be around? Does it depend on who's there? It does depend on who's there. Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs? I'd take Jacobs. Full PPR? Full PPR, it's a bit tough. I probably would take – Barkley. I would take Barkley in full PPR as well over Jacobs. I have, I have, I have Barkley higher. Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott. I would take Ezekiel Elliott. I would take Elliott as well. That's a bit, that's actually a fair amount easier for me. Interesting. Very interesting. I have, I actually have Zeke two spots higher than, than Barkley. Listen, Tony Pollard bowl prediction aside. I still think I think that I know I'm aware, but <laughs> well, yeah, your Tony Pollard bold prediction got some spark today. Uh, they're they're uh, having him uh, operate as a slot receiver too. Listen, I can't control my clairvoyant powers. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you're a dick. <laughs> dick. <clears throat> uh, Saquon Barkley or J.K. Dobbins? Oh. I'd rather have Barkley just Barkley. because the the Ravens, I don't know. The Ravens, yep. the Ravens have more questions. Like J.K. Dobbins and the Ravens running backs have more question marks than Barkley at this point. Agreed. Saquon Barkley or James Conner? Ooh, James Conner with – they signed somebody in the offseason, right? Uh, they signed uh, Darrell Williams. That's right. I was gonna say if it's not James Conner by himself. I was gonna I was literally I was gonna say Damian Williams. I was like, no, not Damian. He's in Atlanta. Daryl. <laughs> Daryl Williams. Um, 
I kind of like James Conner. Yep, I have Conner higher as well. That's, that's I have Conner 10 spots higher than, than, really? uh, than Saquon. Yep. I don't think yeah. it's that close. I don't think it's that far for me. There's a massive tear break for me in, in like in the running backs between Connor and Zeke. There is a eight spot difference for me. Is it and you get you got a nice little run of receivers there? Is it all Darrell Williams basically? Like the reason that you're kind of lower on Connor? No, no, because this is also uh PPR. So you have to consider that that uh, you know James Connor is probably not going to get a whole lot of love um, with the receptions. I have James Connor down for thirty eight receptions. I mean Darrell Williams, he got a couple of receptions in Kansas City, but he wasn't really the PPR guy. Well, let me he see. Let me, passing, let me see where I have pass I catching could, guy. If I could find Darrell Williams, I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you what I have him projected for in terms in terms of receptions if I can find him. I mean, James Conner is injury prone a little bit. I think that could also be contributing where he hasn't played a full 16, 17 games um, in a while. But uh, yeah, I mean, the offense looks to be good. And I think that, uh, yeah, I'd probably pick, pick Conner over Barkley at this point. But yeah. Oh, I just saw Williams. I saw Williams and I realized it was fucking Damien. Hey, listen, that's Super Bowl hero, Damien Williams to you. That's true. Oh, found him. Found him. Okay. We hype we hyperlinked that to the spreadsheet. We love to fucking say it. Um, and then I have Darrell Williams down for 29 receptions. Interesting. So who is catching passes in the Cardinals' backfield? It's a mix of both. A mix of both. And then you and I, I probably have somewhere. I don't have the um, the exact teams uh, broken down. I just have it down, um, just based on the ranks. But I'm sure that I have uh, some other running backs that are projected here. I just can't find them on here, and that will take me. Ages and ages and ages. That's totally fine. We could just move, we could move on. But yeah, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is not the only one on the Giants playing for his cash. I mean, obviously Daniel Jones is playing for his cash too. So yep. there are some factors that are working in his favor heading into the season. And I wouldn't be shocked if listen, like I said, not expecting him to be top five, maybe top ten but definitely not top five, top three, like he was previously. But could he be like a top 15 guy? Of course. And I think he is in some, in some formats. Keontae Ingram is also, is also down from 15 receptions in my, uh, in my projections. Who? Is he the third running back in the Cardinals? Yeah. Oh, is he a rookie? I don't think I've ever. Okay. Yep. Keontae. So if you were looking, if you're looking Ingram. for where some of the receptions are also coming from, yeah, they are. Keontae Ingram. All right, then. Cool. He is actually so Saquon Barkley on fantasy pros and full PPR, he is at 14. He is one spot ahead of James Conner. Running back. Running oh, back. I was gonna say, like, whoa. Running whoa, back. Are they gonna kick me off the site? <laughs> no, running back. Where, where is he in the overall? In full. Uh, please hold. 
Holding. 25. 25th overall right now, Saquon Barkley in full. Correct. Wow, I'm low on him. Yeah. I, I thought 37 was like being generous. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow, I'm shocked. Yeah, people were really high on him, I guess. Uh, James Conner is at 30. Wow, I'm, I'm stunned. I mean, so here you want to – let's play a game. Well, let's not play a game. Let me just read you some numbers. Uh, here is 20 to 25 for uh, running back – or overall on Fantasy Pros in full point PPR. Terry Kill, 20. Nick Chubb, 21. Keenan Allen, 22. Debo Samuel, 23. Javante Williams, 24. Saquon Barkley, 25. Something seems off about these. Where do they have Cam Akers? Where do they have Cam Akers? He is at 36. What? That's a disgrace. That is a fucking disgrace. They should listen to Jake Simone. Cam Akers, top three running back. Book it. I cannot. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> My guy. I mean, my guy, Jake. Jake knows what's up. Shout out to Jake and the Cam Makers fan club. Maybe they'll kick you off the site for different reasons. Like you're ranking Cam Makers too high. We can't, we can't have this. If I could rank, if, if, there, if, if the rankings were a popularity contest, Cam Makers would be number one and Amon Ross St. Brown would be number two. And then Devontae Adams would be number three. Absolutely. And Aaron Rodgers, number four. Yep. And if we were doing all-time, Antonio Brown would be number one. Because as Jake would say, I'll let Jake finish the sentence for me because we're going to say it together, Jake, in three, two, one. You sleep better at night with Antonio Brown in full point PPR. Only Antonio Brown's fantasy persona applies to this. Everything else about him can eat a dick. The man won me some championships. I cannot talk slanderous about him. Thank you, Antonio Brown, for your service. Anyway, let's move to receivers. Uh, receivers are kind of, I don't know, kind of tough. For... There were two guys that I, that I had down that I couldn't differentiate. I'm going to talk about both of them because one could be considered a bounce back, but he could also be considered a breakout. I wasn't sure what I would call him. I mean, that could apply to Jerry Judy, I think. Well, like anybody, uh, like the Broncos guys. You know, it's funny. I was going to put Jerry Judy and I didn't. <laughs> I'm not picking Jerry Judy, but he he qualifies, I think, as a bounce back. Where, oh, yes, he does. Know, yeah, he does. Yeah, he absolutely does. And he... But you could also say it's a breakout because Jerry Judy has been kind of okay for the first two years of his career. Lackluster quarter play, uh, quarterback play did not help him. Yes, exactly. And he's an Alabama receiver. We know that those guys do really well in the NFL. Death taxes. Yes. And, the, and he has the easiest strength of schedule for wide receivers. So that also helps. And then factor in that he has Russell Wilson. And I mean, by the way, I just want everyone to, you know, uh, just keep this in your back pocket. 
the Denver Broncos go to um, what's the new um, Seattle Seahawks? It's not Quest Field anymore. No, it's um, oh shoot, it's Lumen Field is what it's Lumen called. Field. Yes, that's it. They go to Seattle in Week One on Monday Night Football. That's fantastic. A Russell Wilson revenge game to start this start the season on Monday Night Football. So um, for all those that are going to be playing DFS, like myself, Jerry Judy to the fucking moon. Yes, please. Thank you. So my guy is a guy that might not be on the team that he's on currently because he is looking for a new contract. And that is one Terry McLaurin. Ooh, I think we're going to go with somebody else. No, it's not DK Metcalf. I think we're going to go for my man to Caitlin Zacharias. No, it's Terry McLaurin. Interesting. Even if he stays on the Commanders, I think that he has potential to, like, listen, his season, his season was kind of in line a little bit with what he had in 2020, where the yardage was a little down. The touchdown, he had one more touchdown, 10 less catches, around the same amount of targets. But I think that still, like, it just felt underwhelming. I think just because the commanders last year were very underwhelming as a team. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And it's the same thing with Antonio Gibson. I thought that Antonio Gibson had a way worse season than he did when I look at the stat sheet. It just didn't look right. And with a new quarterback in Carson Wentz, who is better than any quarterback that he's had, as much as you want to hate on Carson Wentz, he's the best quarterback Terrence Corn has had in the NFL. And I don't think that's controversial. No, no, it's not controversial at all. At all. I mean, look, Terry McLaurin, I think, is going to be he he actually is going to be pretty consistent. Um, if you look at it just based on where he's going to finish at the end of the season, he'll be a thousand yard guy, he'll get you somewhere in the range of five to seven touchdowns. Yeah, there'll be weeks where you're just like, Oh God, you know, why do I have Terry McLaurin? Then there'll be weeks of, oh, this is why I have Terry McLaurin. He's going to be up and down, but at the end of the day, he's going to be consistent enough. Um, but the contract situation is a, a little bit alarming, but he's playing for his cash. So that definitely makes me a bit more interested in investing in McLaurin. I have McLaurin right now as my 46th overall player. All right. Let me just go into some menus Go into and see in full point VPR where Mr. McLaurin is. With the consensus. With the consensus. That I am a part of. Yes. He is. Where did you say you had him? 46. He is at 44. This is in full? This is in full. Nice. Nice. Okay. So the, cons- the consensus and I are, are pretty close. He is. Uh, so uh, DK Metcalf is right behind him at 45. I have Metcalf higher. Uh, George Kittle is at 48, and then Patrick Mahomes, or 46, sorry, uh, and then Patrick Mahomes is at 47. Brees Hall, actually. Jets legend Brees Hall, by the way, is at 48. I, I'm lower on Brees Hall. I don't have Brees Hall in my top 60. Future Jets ring of honor member, Brees Hall. Yeah, Brees Hall, Brees Hall is going to be a guy that I'm not going to get anywhere this year because I know – they're going to be Jets fans. They're going to be overdrafting him, and he's not going to be anywhere in my target range. 
I mean, I may make jokes, facetious jokes, but I think the one Jets player, the Jets running back, I'm going to be overdrafting is Michael Carter, not Brees Hall. I will be drafting Michael Carter. I, I Yes, I will be. I will be reaching like Dalcine from Street Fighter for Michael, for Michael Carter. I, if you're going to reach Michael Carter, then you can have him. You can have him. I'm not taking Michael Carter before round 10. All right. So that may not be enough for me to get him, but if it is, then great. I I just have I I have high hopes for Michael Carter in this offense. I just do, especially in full PPR. As a non-Jets fan, I have to see it first. I'm aware. I will not trust Michael Carter if he is in a high leverage situation. If he's like a fourth running back on my bench, fourth or fifth option, then yeah, that's fine. I'm good with that. But until I see it, I'm not going to be going and reaching for Michael Carter. Well, I mean, reaching is kind of a relative. I'm not re- I'm not picking Michael Carter in the first four rounds. I'd be picking him in like seven or eight, which I think is probably where he's going. Where's he go right? with the consensus? Back to the consensus. Yeah, that's that, that's the, that's the test because I, I, I'm going to be lower on on the Jets because that's just me. That is just you. Where the so if the consensus are going to sing the same story as I am, then then it's not just me. He is at 96 in full ah! CPR. Near the consensus on the button. Look at that. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> well, that's, you uh, are part uh, of the consensus. Anti-Jets bias, just feeding it, just weaseling its way into the consensus. What can I say? What can I say? Where do they have a lot? Where do they have Elijah? Give me, give me more. 74. Oh, would you look at that? Seriously? Yep. Wow. Good to Good to get you. I have been 74. Uh, let's just do All someone right. complete. Let's just do someone completely random. And let's just say, and I'll go on to my wide receivers, and then we have to speed run this. Uh, where do they have uh, Mike King? I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, I might my son God's son. I'm going to have to scroll. Oh, actually, I didn't have to scroll any further than I thought. They have him at 64. Ah, damn. I have him as my nice overall. Oh, you're close. Close, close, but not exact. The night the uh, the player nice in the overall is a Damien Harris. In case you were wondering, I'm higher on Damien Harris. I know I am. Uh oh, no, not really. I have Damien Harris at uh, at sixty seven. I thought it was way higher on on him. I'm gonna have to move him up. Yeah, I'm gonna have to move him up. Let's move him up. I'll move up to sixty four. Live rankings with Ed Birdsell. Live rankings. Yeah, I, honestly, I thought I was higher on Damien Harris. I, I truly, truly thought so. Very interesting. No, you know what? You know what? Psych. Psych. I'm moving him up higher. I'm moving him to my top 60. I'm moving wow. him above. I'm moving him above Brees Hall and Miles Sanders. Live rankings with Ed Birdsell. I mean, I don't blame you because Miles Sanders, after last year, fuck Miles Sanders. Fair. In my Fair. opinion. Very fair. I think I've caught I've caught this trait from you and Jake is that if a guy screws me over, I'm just like never again. Uh, yep. <laughs> this is not yeah, happening. It, it's, it's infectious. <laughs> it's infectious. I have to say, it, it really is. 
Uh, you want to give my, my, my wider series very quickly, and then we could just uh, speed fire through uh, rapid fire through the tight ends. Yes. All right. So my two, um, my one who is a definite bounce back candidate, Allen Robinson. Uh, very simply, he is no longer Fantastic. with Chicago. No longer with the Chicago Bears. Going to the Los Angeles Rams. I haven't projected for a thousand yard season. So, yep, Allen Robinson. I have him right now in my ranks as my fifty fourth player overall. So. I'm more than happy to take him in round six. I'm completely good with that. And yeah, fine. Love it. Uh, the other guy that I wanted to talk about, and this is someone that uh, the greatest quarterback of all time went out of his way to go and praise over the last week or so. And that's Russell Joe Montana to make some uh, media appearances in his retirement. Good God, Adam. It's, <laughs> Rus- it's Russell Gage. And Russell Gage. It, it, Tom Brady went out of his way to praise Russell Gage for the work that he's been putting in. I love the sound of that because if Chris Godwin is not going to be in the mix for a couple of weeks, serves to be all sorts of opportunities for Russell Gage. And even when Chris Godwin comes back, it is very highly, highly plausible to see Russell Gage and what is expected to be a very pass heavy offense to see him produce as a third receiver and still have some significant fantasy upside, especially being a slot receiver for Tom Brady. So, yep, I'm all over it. Russell Gage is in my top 100 now. Yeah, and Russell Gage has always been a guy that has been very boomer bust, super volatile. The guy that can give you – he's a bird player, really, where he's a guy that can get you 30 in one week and then 0.5 the week after. That's that's just what he does as a player. That's very true. very, Very volatile. You know, he's not, he's not really consistent at all, but I mean, if he, if he can find it and this is the offense that he can find it in, um, if he can find it, then he definitely can be very good heading into the season. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let me get my, uh, my tight end. Sure. All right. I'll make this, I'll make this, I'll make this one pretty quick. Uh, Mike Kosicki. And I say it's a bounce back from Mike Kosicki because I expect a, uh, bounce back with the touchdowns. Only two touchdowns from a year ago, but on 112 targets, 780 recept- uh, receiving yards, excuse me, on 73 receptions. So I would expect that if Mike Kosicki can do basically baseline with the receptions, maybe he gets a, a decrease in the yards because you have Tyreek Hill there. I, I completely understand that. But then you get Mike Kosicki to go to four or five touchdowns. Yeah, I think Mike Kosicki would be worthwhile having on your fantasy teams as a number two tight end. And Kosicki for me is at 107. I have him below Pat Fryermuth and Dawson Knox, but I have him ahead of two of my favorite streaming tight ends in Cole Komet and Noah Fant. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Noah Fant, would have been. Uh, I was looking at Robert Tunyon, actually, but Robert Tunyon doesn't qualify because he only played eight games. Um, I was going to say, but no offense, no offense, no offense does. Uh, he most certainly does, and he's got a pathway. Yeah, and he, you know, being reunited with Drew Locke in a Seattle team that's going to be bad, that's going to be throwing a lot. And, you know, those targets are going to be going to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for sure, if they're both still there. Um, but 
we know how Drew Locke operates. He is target lock on no fan all the time. He's got to be the starter first. Yes. But even then, no fan's a good tight end. And, you know, the Seahawks would be stupid to not use him in a, to not, to just not use him in a, the right way or not make the most out of his potential. Well, they wanted him for a reason. They traded for him. So it's like they're, they're going to use him uh, in, in, in some regard. But because of the quarterback situation in, in Seattle, it definitely does limit his, his upside. Uh, well, what if they the sign season, but Baker you, Mayfield or trade for Baker Mayfield? Or Jimmy G, or Jimmy G, if in the unlikely scenario that that happens, it would be Baker Mayfield. And if it was Baker Mayfield, I'd like that. Yeah, I'd be on board with that if it's Baker Mayfield. It'd be a very different conversation. Yes, it would. He would probably be would in be. the top ten if Baker Mayfield is his quarterback. Mm, I don't know. I don't think I'm there. If it's Baker, because let me see. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I have no offense, my title to fourteen. If Baker Mayfield were to go there, I can't see him being past Dawson Knox even then. So he would be he'd be borderline top twelve. I can't. I can't see him getting past Knox or Fryermuth to be even the tight end eleven. You know, it's funny. Fantasy Pros has are you just, are your rankings just Fantasy Pros rankings at this point. Why? Because No Fant is at fourteen, Dawson Knox is at eleven, and Fryermuth is at ten. In full, we're pretty in common. Well, who who do they have at twelve? Uh, did I say 12? No, Knox is at 11. And who, who do they have a tight end 12? Kiseki. They've got a Kiseki tight end 12 too. Who do they have a tight end 13? Cole Komet. That's why I have a tight end 13 too. Who do you have at tight end 15? Tyler Higby. Oh. The one deviation. They have Hunter Henry at tight end 15. Oh, the Hall of Fame tight end Hunter Henry. Great guy. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the program, Hunter Henry. Great guy. Oh, love him. Love him. <laughs> That's a gentleman. That's a fucking gentleman. Um, so we'll see how legit these ranks are. Um, the fantasy pros consensus. Who do they have at let's just pick a random number here? Who do they have at 137 overall? In full? Yeah, in full. 137. A random fucking number. We have Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, nope, not me. Nope. Who do you have? Damian Pierce. Pick Damian. a number. Yeah, now your turn. Now it's your okay, turn. Okay, I'll pick a number. One hundred and fifty-four. One hundred and fifty-four. Ah, okay. Uh, who who's the seven hundred fifty-four? Irv Smith Jr., your favorite tight end. I do have a tight end at fifty at one fifty four, but it's not our Smith Junior. Really? Who is it? It is Gronk. Really? Yeah. I think that they're higher on Gronk. I'm lower on Gronk until he signs. Then, then when Gronk signs, then he gets moved up in a big way. 
or maybe they're not. I think that now, I don't know. I haven't really poured over these rankings too much. Oh, Gronk is actually, no, they are actually. Gronk is a 146. All right, so a little bit higher. A little bit higher. I, I'm just lower on Gronk because I don't know if he's going to play yet. But if Gronk were to come to, out tomorrow and say, yeah, I'm playing one more season, he would be, yeah, he'd be top 12. He would be top 12, potentially even top 10. The crazy thing is that Logan, Tom, Logan Thomas is also a guy, I mean, he was injured, but he's a guy that just has dropped off the face of the earth as far as uh, fantasy relevance. Yeah, he was, it's sad. Yeah, but he was hurt last year. He only played six games, which is unfortunate. Sleeper. Sleeper, Logan Thomas. Because Carson Wentz loves tight ends. Yep. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Let me see where I have Logan Thomas projected. What I have his projections down for. I haven't I haven't 140th overall. Um if the uh I have him down for 67 receptions, 840 yards, and seven touchdowns. I think those would all be career highs for him. Yeah, they would be. Yeah. I mean, what but a that's, great career. That's also projected. That, that's with adjustments on McLaurin's numbers if he misses time with the holdout. So if McLaurin yeah. comes back and he reports and he's going to play, then those numbers would be adjusted. Honestly, I think the, the time that players miss for holdouts is just not going to be a thing anymore because the fines are too – they're prohibitive now with the new CBA. True, true. You know, this is a very vintage – this is vintage. Like I remember when I was – let's see, this was 12 years ago. So when I was 13 and Darrell Rivas held out in training camp, and it was like a whole thing. What, is he going to sign? What's the deal? And he signed on like the last week or so. With a couple of weeks to go, I think, in training camp. But, you know, that's just a, the thing. It just doesn't happen anymore, really. No, very rarely. But here we are. Yep. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes where you get your podcast. For my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.